been gathering now for 879 days, praying for revival and spiritual awakening. And we've heard of the New York revival led by Jeremiah Lanfear. And we've also read about, some of us have read about some of the other great revivals that have taken place in history. Moves like what occurred in England on January 1st, 1739 at Aldersgate Street, uh, where the Spirit of God fell on a group of men who were praying. Two of these men would later go on to change church history. They are John Wesley and George Whitfield. Wesley wrote in his personal journal about this day, he wrote, at about three in the morning, as we were continuing instant in prayer, the power of God came mightily upon us, insomuch that many cried out for exceeding joy, and many fell to the ground. As soon as we recovered a little from the awe and the amazement of the presence of his majesty, we broke out with one voice. We praise thee, O God. We acknowledge thee to be Lord. Wesley, who grew up at this point, who was preaching, who had come to the States to try and win over some of the Indians, his basic ministry was a failure up until this point. He had preached, but he had not seen many conversions. But now, instead of small crowds, he would be preaching to large crowds, and he would see many, many, many come to Christ. The same is true of George Whitfield. Whitfield would come across to the ocean and come to the United States, and he would preach across this nation. And when Whitfield came to the United States, the established churches closed their pulpits to him. So he would preach in open fields. And it is recorded that he would draw crowds of 10, 20, even 30,000 people. And, out, and without the aid of modern uh, microphones, it is said of Whitfield that he could be heard clearly a mile or more away as he preached. Whitfield would join the ranks with John Edwards and other great men of God, and America would see what was called the Great Awakening, a great time of revival in the United States. John Wesley would preach across Europe, and he would preach across the United Kingdom, and the United Kingdom would experience a period of revival such as they've never had seen before. And the question for us today becomes, can there be an awakening or a revival of similar magnitude? And I'm going to give you my answer. I believe the answer to that is yes. However, it must be a work of faith. And you say faith in what? And I say to you, faith in the person of God, in the plan of God, and in the purpose of God. Turn with me to Romans chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 17 through 20. Romans chapter 4, verses 17 through 20. Now, just to give a contextual background to the text, the Apostle Paul is using Abraham as an example of faith, and his whole premise is that, hey, this glorious Christian doctrine of justification by faith goes all the way back to the beginning 
of time. And although he uses this argument to speak of God's imputed righteousness, he is zeroing in on Abraham's example of faith. Look at verse 17, and here's the first characteristic that we're going to see, and it is faith in the person of God. Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who, whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which are not as though they were. Here we see Abraham's complete and total faith in the person of God. Abraham may not have been able to understand the way or the method that God would use to bring about his covenant promise. But Abraham thoroughly believed God. God could, but more importantly, God would bring about his covenant promise. Why? Because God said it, and God's word is true. Abraham's belief was rooted and grounded completely in the person of God. Church, we gather here daily to pray for revival. This is what we've been doing for 879 days. And I'm fairly confident that if I were to ask everybody individually, do you believe that God could bring about revival? I'm pretty confident that mostly everyone would say yes. But the deeper question for us is, do we believe that God will bring about the work of revival? And my answer is yes, because faith is rooted in the person of God. He will do it for his glory and for his honor. Jesus will return for an unstained and an unblemished bride. We hear so much today about all of the ills that are occurring in the church, but Jesus will indeed come back for an unstained unblemished bride, not a defeated, not a sin-stained, not a compromising bride. And the same God who promises this will bring it about. So the first characteristic of Abraham's faith is that he believed in the person of God. Look at verses 18 and 19. Speaking of Abraham, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a 100 years old, and neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verses 18 and 19 speak to the plan of God. So we, we, we see the characteristic of faith, in the person of God, the second characteristic is faith in the plan of God. To Abraham, the plan of God was settled because of the person of God. The person of God is true. The person of God is faithful, and the person of God has spoken. And it was God's word that gave confidence and faith to Abraham. It was God's word that Abraham contemplated 
against the physical world that was visible. So what was visible to Abraham? Well, very obviously, his hundred-year-old declining body and the deadness of Sarah's womb. The physical was that which was evident and in front of him. The physical is what testified to Abraham day in and day out. The physical shouted out all the limitations that a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman do not have children at their age. But we know of Abraham that he believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Abraham was able to trust the plan of God because Abraham fully entrusted himself to the person of God. Church, I, I ask once again, as we gather here to pray for a revival and awakening for the church and for ourselves, do we trust the person of God in his character and his attributes that God does indeed calleth those things which be not as though they were? Hence, do we believe in the plan of God when God says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not? And the question really remains, not merely can God bring about revival, but will God bring about revival? We serve a God that calls into being the very things that are not. And we're here for 879 days, still going back to the Lord, still lifting up our prayers, still beseeching God. God, move. God, read the heavens and come down. God, move upon your church with a mighty move of God. So we see Abraham at faith in the person of God. Abraham had faith in the plan of God. And lastly, in verse 20, we see Abraham had faith in the purpose of God. Verse 20 states, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. We see Abraham's faith in the person of God. He had complete and total trust in the plan of God. And now we see that Abraham has complete and total trust in the purpose of God. Considering the physical limitations that were before him, Abraham put his faith and confidence fully in the purpose of God. What was God's purpose in the promise he made to Abraham? It was not merely that Abraham was going to have a child through Sarah in his old age. It was that God was going to bring forth a great nation through which all the people of the world will be blessed. The promise was so much more than Abraham knew. Salvation would come. A redeemer would come who is Christ the Lord. The purpose of God exceeded Abraham's own expectations and his own blessings. 
the purpose of God would manifest generations later. And we are here today recipients of that very purpose. The writer of Hebrews tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Perhaps, church, the purpose of God with this united prayer call exceeds even our greatest expectation and understanding of what God is doing. Perhaps we do not see right now what is being accomplished. Perhaps this united prayer call will accomplish something far greater, more glorious for the kingdom of God than we can even fathom. The word of God tells us that my God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that we can imagine or think. So as we gather here today, and as we gather in future ensuing days, let us put our faith in the person of God, in the plan of God, and in the purpose of God. Believing and having faith, not merely that God can send revival, but that God will indeed honor our prayers and that God would indeed send revival. Amen.